Welcome to Side Talks Podcast. That's kind of Kruger-esque. Is that what you were going no, for? No, it wasn't, actually. You're right, it is, but it wasn't. I went. I drove last night to Atlanta and saw Future Islands. Oh, wow. And I was trying to do that really cool voice he does sometimes. Yeah, you know. yeah where you just get... That's better. Why don't you welcome us, then, in that voice? Oh, uh, welcome to Side Talk. No, that's not good. It's not right, either. I don't know. It's, it's impressive when he does it. I like it a lot. Welcome um, to prime time. It's me, Frederick Krueger. That's a good one, too. Bitch. <laughs> that's a good one. Um, anyway, this is a podcast. We talk about movies, if you can believe it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We do. We're, we might even talk about Frederick Krueger elsewhere. I don't know. The Probably first. Not. I feel like he's a first. Frederick Krueger the first? Frederick like Krueger senior? I feel like it. Maybe I don't have the right knowledge here, though. What am I? The, the what baby. if I'm really screwing up and it's he's the third or fourth? Anyway, I <laughs> thought I knew everything about Freddie. Well, we, but you know, he's he's a friend of Sidewalk. Anyway, I'm Rachel Morgan. I'm the creative director for the Sidewalk Film Festival in Cinema. And I'm Corey Kraft. I'm a uh, janitor who was uh, unjustly killed by mob violence in a sleepy little town. And Neighborhood now I, mob violence, specifically. Now I haunt the dreams of the, the children of the folks who killed me um, out for revenge. Let's talk about movies. What's this shit? Wow. You winched. I did. Um, all right, you ready? Yep. I'm going to tell you a scene from a film. I'm going to describe it. This is actually a film I have seen. I had Uh-oh. seen it before. I dropped in, though, and revisited a scene. Uh-huh. I'm going to describe it to you. You see if you can guess what film it is. All I right. feel like you're going to get it, and I feel like I definitely can't tell you who's starring in it because you're going to get it right okay. away. Okay. All right. So there's a woman driving in a car, and she's singing the outfield. Okay. That, like, need your love. To- I'm getting it wrong now. Like. You know the the one. What is the one hit, Brad, by the outfield? Why am I not getting this right? It's like need your love or whatever. I don't know. I. It's not ringing any bells for me, but. Um, and then uh, it's weird because I just watched the clip and I, I mean, I, it's one of those songs that you probably heard today. You know Pro- what I mean? Yeah, like, you, and w- when you hear it, you'll know it. So anyway, she's singing the song and she reaches around in the back. She's sort of, you know, that part's a little bit funny. She's mm-hmm. sort of riffing on it a little bit and it's kind of funny because of who this actor is. Mm-hmm. And she turns around in the back seat, sort of fumbling for something in the back seat's a mess. It's a disaster zone kind of back seat. And so when she comes back to the wheel, um, you know, I don't know what she's searching for in the back seat. When she returns to the wheel, she hits something it doesn't show the actual impact but um it does show a, a close-up shot of her a pair of crocs on the brake which i think we're supposed to laugh at okay and then she gets out of the car and she's hit a buck or you know a deer with a, a buck would be a deer with antlers right? yes 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 i'm no scientist or anything <laughs> but um and so she kind of lays down on the ground and starts to breathe at this buck like she's going to give it cpr and she's talking to it what and then the 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 deer the bucks jumps up really quick and runs into the cornfield and at that point is where i think we're supposed to laugh Uh like i'm i know we're supposed to laugh at the crocs i know we're supposed to laugh at her singing and i did have a little chuckle at her singing i don't really know why except she's kind of a funny persona Uh um i do like her but this film is really bad it's deserving of the what's the shit title so anyway the buck uh, you still haven't gotten it no, no. We are supposed to laugh at this, and we don't because it's not funny. Okay. Then she, you know, some other shit happens, but basically her windshield's cracked, and she pulls into her fast food and the place where she's employed, which is a fast food okay. restaurant. Fast food restaurant where she's employed. So she and then she goes into the restaurant, and her boss behind the counter is like, "What are you doing?" 
and I can't say the character's name. Okay. What are you doing? You look like heck. And she does. She's got a bloody nose and he's like, come into my office. You really don't know. I feel like if you, I feel like if you'd seen this, you would know what it is. So if you have seen it, you're going to really kick if, yourself. If this is a Melissa McCarthy movie, I think it's Tammy. You're right. I'm surprised you didn't get it before. Because I don't really remember anything about this movie. I did see this. I saw it in theaters. Mm-hmm. Um, this I is bet the most one, people listening guessed this. Perhaps. Uh, I just don't think this is a very memorable movie. Uh, isn't Susan Sarandon in it as yes. like her grandma? Or mom? Well, I think it's her mom. Which, if everybody, but somebody's playing her grandma too, right? Oh no, you're right. It is her grandma because there was Cause... a lot of there was a lot of hubbub about the casting and how it... Susan Sarandon's probably does it doesn't it doesn't seem age appropriate. No, I don't think it's supposed to be. I think Sarandon's playing older. There's somebody else who's playing her mom. It's not Kathy Bates, is it? Might be. I don't know. I'll have to go look. We'll have to I, yeah, do I just retractions on this. I remember I, very little about this movie, but I just remember thinking it was it was really bad. It's not very funny. It's not funny. It's There's bad. not a whole lot to it. It's it's you know theoretically just like a character piece slash broad comedy on this one character who needs to get her shit together, but the jokes don't land in this. And thing. it misses so many marks, and it's very misguided. But even beyond this, and I can't go too deep into this right now because I. Don't like you mentioned. I don't remember a lot of things, yeah. but I do remember a conversation, some dialogue between Willis McCarthy and Susan Sarandon on a park bench, and I'm pretty sure this is Tammy and Tammy. This film is very weird. Uh huh. It is very, very strange. Uh, weirder than you might think. I'm, I'm not saying that in defense of this film. I'm I'm actually saying that it doesn't it doesn't have any right for what it is. It doesn't have to have any right to be as weird as it is, and it is super weird. There is the the one scene they played as a sort of in a teaser trailer. Is where she's got a spoon and she's trying to kind of lock. There's a, there's like a there's some sort of a robbery attempt and she's got that that scene is actually probably the funniest in the film. I don't even remember that. She's got a paper bag over her head and oh okay I remember that image. Yeah, it's it's probably the funniest scene in the film, but I wouldn't know because they play they used it so much to bait you to go see the film. Mm, and yeah. I do remember kind of laughing at that scene in the trailer, or as the it may even just be the complete trailer, and then getting into the theater and being like, even that scene isn't funny anymore because they. They totally drug it so long in front of the release. Anyway, you were right. It just took you a lot longer than I would have thought. Yeah, I just this movie, you know, it's the it's the film equivalent of going in one ear and out the other. Yeah. And a lot of McCarthy's films are like that for me. Yeah. You know, the ones that she's great in, she's you know, they're great. They're memorable. Uh, you know, not bridesmaids only, but like her follow-up movies with Paul Feig, The Heat, and Spy. I like both of those a lot. Oh, I like the Sandra. I actually like is the Heat's the, the Sandra, Heat's Bullock, the Sandra Bullock, one. Bullock one. I actually thought that was pr- way funnier than yeah. everybody gave it credit. Spy for. is really good too. Spy is the one where she's the lead and she becomes kind of a traditional action star with like Jude Law and Jason oh, Statham running around. Yeah, I think you, I think you'd you'd enjoy it. And then I even like the Ghostbusters remake for for what I that like movie's the doing. I like the Ghostbusters remake a lot. I, I know everybody like filled their diapers when that movie came out over the fact that it existed with women in it, but it's actually really funny. Um, and then of course, like Can You Ever Forgive Me, which is a more dramatic performance for sure. her. I think that movie's amazing. But virtually everything else she's done. No, Gilmore Girls. She's great in Gilmore Girls. Very different. Well, character. okay. I, I mean, post Bridesmaids, you like movie star era yeah. of McCarthy. Um, you know, Tammy, that, that movie where she goes back to college or whatever that's called. Oh, it's so bad. It's so bad. Identity Thief, 
with Jason Bateman. I don't Very know if you saw bad. that one. That one's bad. Um, and then like a couple recent ones for Netflix, this thing where she was a superhero with Octavia Spencer. Haven't seen it. Almost unwatchable. Well, I would argue that Tammy, aside from the fact that I'm somehow intrigued by how weird it is, it's the certain thread of weirdness that goes throughout it. And I'm trying to kind of figure out what that's all about. Other than that, I find it unwatchable. Yeah. That's kind of actually what kept me hooked was this, I don't know what going on there and it is actually a it's there's a lot of darkness to this film right, that's sort of right. under the surface that isn't does is it really acknowledged so to speak it isn't part of the humor it isn't it's just a strange one it's a strange one um but anyway that's what keep me kept me watching but i agree with you other than that it's kind of an unwatchable little film yeah too bad anyway, you got it you just got it very late oh well and now a look at what we're watching this week Oh, man. Corey, guess what I've been watching? What have you been watching? I'm actually going to go ahead and say it because I feel like I'm going to reveal what you've been watching, too. Okay. No Time to Die, the Bond film. Yep. I saw That's what thing. I was going to bring up. So I saw that. Um, I liked it. Did I liked you like it, too. It? Yeah. I liked it. I don't like Bond. I was going to ask you about that because Bond has not come up very often on this show, if ever. And I can't imagine you're a big Bond person. I'm not. I really actually dislike Bond. Um, I, my girlfriend is a huge Bond fan. Uh-huh. She wants to see all – she has seen most of the Bond films. She's very familiar. She she had a lot of uh, information going into this one that I didn't have. Uh, from, from the prior four yeah. features with Daniel Craig? And there's a shot of of a, of a portrait of, of a painting of, Ju- of Dame Judi Dench mm-hmm. on the wall, and I laughed, and she turned to me and said, don't you dare laugh at that. So <laughs> She's I M, like, <laughs> or she was, before her tragic um, demise in Skyfall. I really want that painting for my wall. Anyway, she, I was scolded for, for laughing at that because it's apparently a very serious matter. Oh, um, yes. But I feel like every home needs a Dame Judi Dench <laughs> painting. Anyway, I but you know what? I The problems I've had in the past with the Bond films – which is this sort of pure action stuff. That was certainly there, but it was more enjoyable this time. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, My Girl is in it. Uh, which one? Blue is the warmest color? Yes. Lea Seydoux. Who can complain about looking at her for an hour and a half? And- uh, James Bond can <laughs> in, <laughs> well, at a certain point in the plot of well, this movie. Well, that's true. Well, I didn't. I didn't complain at all. And also, she's a you know incredibly talented, talented actor. So uh, it was fun to watch her. Uh, not so fun to watch who I think you're going to drag a little bit. Yeah, Rami Malek is the Horrible villain in here. This. And I had the same reaction, I think, that well, I'll, I'll save it for you, but I feel like we're on the same page with this. It was shocking to me. He was shocking to me in this, at, at how bad he was. Yeah. So, I, But I, I did enjoy it. The problem I, part of the problem I've had with the Bond series in the past, though, is that it tends to be slimy. It ten, Bond tends to be extremely, extremely slimy. And I just don't love the whole, like, you know... I don't know. It's the equivalent of watching some man smell a woman's panties. Right. Well, that, that's that's been my wife's problem with prior James Bond movies, too. And this one obviously attempts to issue something of a corrective for the years, if not decades, of borderline misogyny that the series has Much been, better. Uh, engaged in. Um, and, yeah, I do think that that, that is more often than not effective there are a lot of female like strong female characters in this movie there are um i mean i'm still not completely satisfied yeah I mean, obviously you know, it, but it's still way, a james bond movie way better listen the last john the last bond film that i watched at all uh-huh. but in theater it happened to be at a theater 
and it was the one with Halle Berry. And yeah, so, Die Another Day. <laughs> so Die Another Day was, and that has been decades and decades That's ago. That's a dreadful movie, it but it's terrible. also kind of fun. And at one, I have to tell you, this is the best. I was was was, was a, a woman I was seeing, and I it, it bought an hour and a half. Like an hour, hundred minutes in, I'd say, I I saw the scene, what I thought was coming to the climax no. and an end there, and I got, you know, I got whatever popcorn or whatever I had, and I started to get up, and she's like, "What are you doing?" And I'm like, "It's we don't need to see the last like little." She's like, "This has got forty more minutes," <laughs> and I had to sit, and I was a miserable sit back down. I was like, "I do not want to tolerate another forty minutes of this slime ball of a film." Did you see that movie? Because of the Madonna theme song and her cameo. No, I saw it because the young woman I was with wanted to see it. Well, okay. And it was not worth it. I'll just leave it at that. No, that Madonna song is very bad. Yeah, none of of the above was worth it. Um, But anyway, I, yeah, (laughs) damn. These women dragging me to these Bond movies. But I like this Daniel Craig uh, moment. I like, I thought that was pretty darn good. Yeah, yeah. Um, You know, I, the this bond uh is kind of solidly third place in the daniel craig lineup uh, i think casino royale and skyfall are a little better and quantum of solace and specter are pretty bad um Uh-oh. this is more toward the to, toward the really good side with the exception of Rami Malek as the villain. And really everything about this villain and the villain's plot are kind of underbaked and vague. And then Malek's performance, which is not good at all, really doesn't help things. It almost feels, and you know, this, this movie was delayed before COVID and then it was, you know, considerably delayed after COVID. It was supposed to come out like, three weeks after COVID lockdown in April, 2020. Which I, irony there is that there is a pandemic sort of theme to this film, which right. I didn't realize that I found that to be sort of ironically and darkly humorous well, and enjoyable. That's what I'm getting at. I kind of wonder if in the interim, they kind of cut around some of that. You know what I oh, mean? Oh, you're trying to defend this. I'm not trying to defend it. He's I'm trying terrible, to say, I'm trying to say that like they removed a lot of his material. I, I think you're bringing way too much grace to this dude. Well, I don't think, I don't think it would have so been a good performance if they had left it intact in my conspiracy theory. Right. But like, removing his performance from the equation, like just connecting the dots as to what this character is doing. It doesn't really add up. It doesn't really make sense. Uh, Yeah. Except for like doing that kind of whispery, like bond villain thing and not doing a particularly good variation of it. I, I think he's really, really ineffective as the villain. That said, like most everything else in this movie is super cool. And ev- watching everybody act circles around him. Right. I mean, everybody else, he's in a different film. He's I'm in like, a different what film. movie are you in, dude? Nobody is even remotely doing what he's doing. Right. Um, but other than that, like I, I thought the action was really compelling. You know, it's directed by Kerry Fukunaga, who... You know, he he got some attention for directing movies like Sin Nombre and the Jane Eyre adaptation with Michael Fassbender and then Beasts of No Nation for Netflix. But I feel like most people know him from having directed the first season of True Detective uh, on HBO. And, um, you know, there's nothing in his filmography that screams big action director, but I thought that by and large the action stuff in this movie was really cool. And he brings a lot of kind of some of his more signature moves to it, including near the end of the film, this kind of one 
single take that follows Bond up a staircase as he's mm-hmm. dealing with and dispatching various bad guys. I thought that was cool. And other than that, it's kind of gorgeous. This movie's beautifully shot. Um, yeah, it's good I, looking. I was kind of taken aback um, by by just how beautiful I found the frame to be. And it's shot by um, the cinematographer of La La Land and First Man, uh, Linus Sandgren. So uh, he brought a lot to it. You know, it has enough of those classical Bond tropes, like the the villain with his spooky island lair, and you know things like that. That that it it it, it kind of felt like uh, like a homecoming in some ways. You know, like um, going back to the theater to see a James Bond movie, no matter how formulaic. Right. Um, there's something comforting about that. I am a Bond guy too, though. I really do right. like the franchise. I have a soft spot for pretty much all of them. Um, and and I was pleasantly surprised by both the minor and then considerably major ways that this film subverts the classic Bond formula. Right. Um, you know, I, I think that um, the cat's probably out of the bag, but I'm not going to spoil it here as to, you know, the, the biggest way that this movie right. subverts the Bond formula. But needless to say... Um, it, it has some tricks up its sleeve that you've never really seen in a Bond movie before. Which I found, I welcomed that. I, I did too. I, I thought that those those subversions were mostly effective. Um, and kind of something that the franchise is needed. Um, you know, where it goes from here, we'll see. I have a, I have a feeling they're just going to do another hard reboot and start over i hope it's not with another origin story though just like cast some other dude as james bond and have the continuing adventures of james bond we don't need to see how he got started again it's fine for the craig movies to have done that but you know i i don't require another origin story i i don't don't think we need that i don't even know what you're talking about i mean i know what an origin story is but i've well like i said you haven't seen casino royale no i haven't seen most of these yeah i haven't seen casino royale which was craig's first movie was a hard like this is how james bond got started sort of reboot i feel like i don't want that i don't i don't don't even like the series you know what i mean so like if if you like the series like are you really it works for this five film daniel craig self-contained arc gotcha but I don't think they should start over and do another like close continuity series. Just right. do episodes of the adventures of James Bond, like they had done for twenty films prior. That's yeah. that's I think more along the lines of what what I would like to see. Although with the Marvel Cinematic Universe tying everything into everything else, you know that's mm-hmm. kind of in vogue now. So. I'm sure Whatever. that they'll they'll do a new James Bond and like a main series and spin-offs and television series and comic books and I don't know. I mean Amazon just bought MGM, so Yeah, well they're on a, you know, they buy everything. They they bought they'll, us. They they'll bought monetize us too. it. Um, you know, as much as I did like this film and had a good time at the movies, everything you just said, I'm I'm having a lot of trouble caring. Well, but but see who who could possibly care? You know what I mean? That's why having a, a self-contained James Bond adventure come out every two or three years and you see it, and you're like, yeah, that was pretty good or that was dumb or I didn't like the song or whatever. You see it, you move on with your life. The next one comes out three years. You don't have to do like homework in preparation for oh, each James Bond not. movie. I mean, it kind of goes against the point. Also, I will say I did like, and this is controversial, I did uh-huh. like the Billie Eilish 
song. I yeah. do like it. So, I know you're not a huge Billie Eilish fan. No, she's all right. Like I, I thought the song was fine. The song has been out for like two years. Well, that is not her fault. No, it's not. It's the pandemic's fault. Uh, but I, I mentioned that because I have steadfastly avoided listening to it yeah. so I could see it in the film. Well, I don't think it's had, I mean, maybe I'm wrong, but I don't think it's had a ton of pop culture, you know, I don't think it's done well. I don't know. Necessarily. But I mean, it's been, in other words, it's been a bit easy to avoid. More she so, won a more Grammy s- for it. But more so than, I still, I haven't yeah. heard it. I haven't heard it just randomly. Like I've heard a lot of her other right. hits, quote unquote. Yeah. I don't think it's um, a, a quote unquote hit, but it's, you know, now that the movie's out, maybe people take to it. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, it, it was fitting in the intro. That's yes. what I'm kind of getting at. Like it felt like a, tr- it felt like a Bond song. I do think the best Bond song of all time is Duran Duran, A View to a Kill. Oh yeah. That one rules. Uh, of course, A View to a Kill being the quintessential essential sort of moment for me in, in any Bond series because you've got like Grace Jones, yeah. Christopher Walken. Um, Roger Moore being like yeah, 64 years old or something in that movie. <laughs> but I will um, take the Duran Duran and the Christopher Walken and the and the Grace Jones. No, that song is amazing. Um, there's at least one other 80s Bond theme that that's pretty dope, but it's not coming to mind. At the well, there moment. you go. But that Duran Duran is, is really good. That says it all. And it's got a great music video too. Yeah. Um, but anyway, I guess we, what's interesting is we don't ever do this, but we've been watching the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's very uncommon, but very it happens uncommon. from time. I, you know, I think it's going to happen again next week too. If mm. I had to guess. Halloween kill. Uh huh. Cause you know, I'm, I'm seeing that this week. Bitch, I'm so excited. <laughs> As a matter of fact, let's wrap this segment up. Cause I need to do some jumping jacks. I'm so excited. All right. Thanks for listening to Side Talks Podcast, where your own personal Nancy and Bonnie. Nancy and Bonnie. Have you seen The Craft yet? No. Well, no. that is Feruza Balk's character and Nev Campbell's character in The Craft. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to come to the cinema at some point this month to see that movie. You have to, Sam. It looks so good. That was DCP, right? Are we screening in DCP? It is, it, I have not seen that film look that good. Okay. Well, it, it looked great. I mean, because I, I actually think that I probably caught it the first round on VHS. You know what I mean? I don't. Right. I don't know that I went to the theater to see that one. If I did, I don't. It would have been projected on thirty-five millimeter. Yeah. It certainly didn't. It might have looked great in, it, in its own thirty-five millimeter glory, but it, it didn't. It hasn't looked this crispy and beautiful and clean um, in a long time. So I, I would suggest doing it. But anyway, um, that's what our um, outro is, and you know. It's time to go, man. Yeah, I got to see the craft. Um, special thanks to our sponsor, Revelator Coffee. Yeah, thank you so much. Love so you. So when you're up late at night doing spells, getting <laughs> witchy, you know, playing that light as a feather, heavy as a board, whatever it is, and, you know, oh my God. planning for, for everybody's demise, and, you know, you need a little, little Revelator Coffee to keep you awake. Absolutely. I, I fully agree. Uh, thanks to Beltwell Studios. Thank you, Brad. Um, uh, and as always, for making it sound good. Uh, SidewalkFest.com and at SidewalkFilm on social media is where you can find showtimes at the Sidewalk Cinema, including those for the craft. Halloween if you're kills. Listening uh, craft, to this. Yeah, yeah, you probably can catch a, still catch a screening in, the t- in time. And uh, the upcoming. Um, well, let's see. This this episode's dropping when uh, Dune is about to come out, I believe. Yeah, come see Dune. Oh, I'm gonna. Bye, bitches. See how I brought that full circle? Batwell Studios Podcast Division. Your words, our expertise.